0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. My dear faithful, today's Gospel is the one time in the life of our Lord where He actually manifests His glory. Our Lord possessed, from the very moment of His conception, from the very moment of the Incarnation, You know that that day when Our Lady said, Be it done unto me according to Thy Word, and the Word was made flesh. In that moment, the first moment of the existence of our Lord's human nature, our Lord possessed, in His human nature, the vision of God. And when, when God willing, one, one day we, are, we go to heaven, and we possess the vision of God, what will happen is, is that God will inform our soul. God, God will be so present to our soul, that our soul will be glorified. We will receive glory from possessing God in our souls. And this, this glorification of the soul has an effect on the body the body will reflect the glory of the soul. What this means is, that one of the things that it means, there's actually four effects, but one of the things that it means is, is the body will become bright. The body will shine with a light that is more powerful than the sun itself, is brighter than the sun itself. So because our Lord possessed the beatific vision from the first moment of his conception, this was the glory that, that naturally suited him. This, this was the, the, the actual normal state for our Lord's body. But if you look at the life of our Lord, what you find is that he always is very modest. He's, he's always withholding, he's always hiding something of his greatness. And so there's one exception to that, and that, that is the gospel of today the Transfiguration, where, where he allows this glory of his soul to be manifested. In his body, but there's something extremely striking about this uh, story of the of the Transfiguration, and that is the appearance of Moses and Elias. Moses and Elias are there um, they, they also appear, and they're having a conversation. When you think about this scene we are blessed with with some snow today, so we know it. How bright snow is. I mean, the snow appeared out of nowhere this morning. But, but, so, this, our, our Lord is, 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 his garments are as white as, as snow. The, 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 his brightness is overwhelming the apostles. What is he talking to, to Moses and Elias about? He's talking about his death. Even in the midst of his glory, in, in the midst of a manifestation of his glory, where where he, the, the, the joy that he's experiencing in, in the upper regions of his soul are manifest to everybody. He's talking with Moses and Elias about his death to come. This is not said in today's Gospel. It's not in the account of St. Matthew, but it is in the account of St. Luke. There were Moses and Elias who, appearing in glory, spoke of his death, which we was, he was about to fulfill in Jerusalem. And also, if you read Luke, you find that that before our Lord went up to the mountain, He was talking to the apostles about His passion. And in today's Gospel, you learn that, that when He was coming down the mountain, He was talking to the apostles about His passion. Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. And if our Lord is speaking about His passion at the time when he's most manifesting his glory during his entire life, this says to us, the passion was always present to our Lord. Our Lord understood the reason for which He came on this earth, It was to die for our sins. and all throughout our life, his life, he was, he was anticipating. He was thinking about His passion. Why was it always present to our Lord? Why was he always thinking about it? Well, as I said, what the, the main reason is, is because he understood that this, this was his mission. This, this was like his duty of state. His, his main duty of state, being the incarnate God, was to die. And w- whenever you are, are given a mission that, that is extremely important you are always thinking about it until the moment that you accomplish it. You're always looking forward to that day. Okay, this is, this is the day that I, that I need to accomplish that great thing for which, which I've been commissioned to accomplish. We have to reflect sometimes of, of how it was for our Lord where, where He was so conscious that this was His mission and He was always thinking about the passion, thinking about the cross. He speaks about his hour. He likes to talk about his passion to the apostles. He brings it up multiple times in the gospel. But another reason why our Lord was always thinking about the cross was because of his great love for the Heavenly Father. He likes to talk as well about how he's come to do the will of the Father. He has a mission that's been given to him by the Father. The the, the Father um, has said to him that he he has to lay down his life. And he wants to do the, the will of the Father. He loves the Heavenly Father. Here's what he says in his sort of Good Shepherd sermon in John chapter 10. Therefore does the Father love me because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man takes it away from me, but I lay it down of myself, and I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. This commandment I received of my Father. And then, of course, the, the third reason why our Lord is always, think, always thinking about the passion and longing to accomplish His passion is because of His love for us. He, he understands um, how miserable our situation is, that, that, that we're in bondage to devil, the devil. We're, we're in bondage to sin in this life. And the only thing that's going to rescue us from that is his own death. He, he wants to save us from sin. He, he, he burned to save us from sin. You know, if you, To the degree that you understand the misery of a, of a certain person, to that degree you want to rescue them. You want to save them from their terrible plight. This is the way it was for our Lord. He, he understood even more deeply than we understand. Like how captive we are to sin. How, how ruining sin is for us. And that his own passion would rescue us. So he wanted to die. Our Lord was always thinking about the cross. Our Lord loved the cross. Our Lord wanted to die on the cross. If we do not understand this we cannot understand Him. If we do not understand Him, we cannot understand His teaching. If we do not understand His teaching, we cannot follow Him. We cannot save our souls. The cross and our Lord are inseparable. And we have to follow Him in our life. Therefore, we have to find a way to bear our crosses. This this is our faith. This is the heart of our faith. Our Lord tells us this so clearly. He doesn't hide anything from us. If any man, any man, will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For he that will save his life shall lose it, and he that shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. I think we all realize that that we have to, to carry our cross in this life. I mean, because our Lord has made it so clear, this is not hidden from us. But, but what we struggle with so much is to identify the, the crosses that come to us, to, to recognize that, that this or that cross that comes to us is precisely the opportunity that I have of following our Lord. Oh, this is a cross. This is a cross that's, that's, that's willed by the providence of God. This is my chance to be like our Lord. This is my chance to, to save my soul with this cross right here. And also, what we struggle with is, is the way in which we carry the cross. There are different ways of carrying the cross. There are better ways and less better ways of, of carrying the cross. We, we want to carry the cross with, with a great faith, hope, and charity where, where we believe, I, I believe, okay, this is truly something worthwhile to, to carry the cross. Um, this is value. In fact, it probably has more value than anything else I could possibly do in this life, is to carry this cross. We have to have hope, where we believe that, that I will receive a reward. If, if I carry this cross, I will imitate our Lord Jesus Christ, and I will get a heavenly reward. And then the, the highest way to, to carry the cross is, is with charity, where we say, I simply want to carry the cross because I love him. He, he carried a very heavy cross for me. I have this cross, this little cross, that concerns my duty of state or my, my life, and I want it. I, I love to carry the cross because it makes me like him. It, it helps me imitate him. I just want to share with you some of the The rules um, that St. Louis de Montfort gave in his letter to the Friends of the Cross. He created this confraternity called the the Friends of the Cross because he understood that that, uh, in the cross was true wisdom. The the, the cross represented the, the wisdom of God, whereas it was a scandal to the world. And so he wanted to foster this pursuit of the wisdom of the cross. Um, in lay people, but, but also even in an order of nuns. They, they were the daughters of wisdom, and he made this special cross, the, the wisdom cross, uh, for them. So in this letter to the Friends of the Cross, uh, you know, which we, he, he gives 14 rules, which are helpful for us because we, we struggle to know practically, how do I carry the cross in my daily life? <clears throat> we don't have time to go over all 14 rules, Um, But I'm just going to share seven of these rules uh, with you. First rule, we do not purposely bring crosses on ourselves. We're not superheroes where we go out and, and we create crosses. This is imprudent on our part. The crosses we carry are the ones that come to us in our daily life of themselves. Those are the ones that we must want to shoulder, not crosses of our own making. It's wrong to, he says, to do something sinful, to bring a cross on ourselves, or it's wrong just to simply um, mess up on purpose, just to, to humiliate ourselves, whatever. This is, this is imprudent. Uh, this is not the way to go about things. Second rule to, to deny ourselves through charity. He says we should be attentive to the effect that we have upon our neighbor. And if we notice that, that we are annoying in some way to our neighbor, even if what we do is not wrong, uh, it's just perhaps a character trait, perhaps it's a little imperfection, whatever it is, but I notice that this really um, upsets somebody in, in my family or my workplace or whatever, then to stop doing it, just, just to mortify ourselves in, in order to create an atmosphere of charity around ourselves, this is, this is, he says, a, a beautiful mortification for us to practice, a beautiful cross to carry. I deny myself, <coughs> doing the things which may even, maybe even, people are irrationally annoyed at with me, <coughs> but I want to practice charity. Third thing. To so humble ourselves when we do mess up, when, when we accidentally bring a cross on ourselves by, by making a bad decision, by being clumsy, by saying something that we should not have said, then we should embrace the negative consequences that, that come upon us. Okay, Obviously, we're not perfect. We're going to mess up sometimes. Fair enough. This is, this is just part of life. But a lot of times when that happens, what we do is we tend to indulge in self-pity what was me, um, or we, we in, in de- tend to get very angry. We get really upset at ourselves or we get really upset at, at others because we're humiliated. Instead of that, just to simply embrace the cross that comes to us from, from us messing up. Fourth, to love the cross with a rational and supernatural love, not an emotional love. We, we have to be clear that we're not expected to love suffering as such, with, with our, our like our lower nature, like we're emotionally um, craving suffering. That would be very strange for, for this to happen, um, because it's, it's it's against our nature. It's not in, in the nature of, of our body and our emotions to like pain. We, there is even like a, it's, it's a psychological problem if we do. Um, but we are meant to love the cross with, with a higher love. He says rational love. I understand with my mind that, that it is through the cross and through the suffering that I will imitate our Lord, and I, and I want to do that. And also with the, the supernatural understanding. It's, it's, by that I mean reason enlightened by faith. I, I understand that, that this is the way to... Uh, Basically, increase in perfection to become holier, to gain, to earn heaven, and so on. And and for that reason, I I have this supernatural love for the cross. This this is the love that we must foster. Don't expect to love the cross um, with your emotions. It's not it's not meant to happen. Fifth thing for us to make use of little crosses. Sometimes people start to. Um, Look! Look for the big, the big crosses. Like if they they want to be a superstar in the supernatural order, and, and St. St. Louis de Montfort is telling us: Look, you're not a superstar. Don't try to be a hero. Uh, the the big cross is for our Lord. It's not for you. The crosses that you must carry and, and seek to carry are especially the little ones that come to you in your daily life, the little contradictions that you have at work, the little contradictions that you have at home. Uh, these these are the ones that you must seek to embrace, and often that that we neglect. Um, And so we pass up many opportunities of advancing in holiness. Here's what he says. To seek and ask for great and dazzling crosses, and even to choose and welcome them, may be the result of our natural pride. But to choose small and insignificant ones and bear them cheerfully can only come from a special grace and a great fidelity to God. The sixth thing is for us to want to suffer all crosses without exception and without choice. Again, we, we tend to neglect certain opportunities of advancing in holiness, of imitating our Lord. That We, we, we sort of draw a line and say, I'm, I'm willing to go this far, but after that, I, 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 that's enough. I'm, I'm not going to go any more than that. Um, and we shortchange God. We, we must have a, a sort of attitude of equal opportunity for all the crosses. Whatever, whatever crosses come to me, I don't say I'm just exhausted with the difficulty of trying to be holy. Um, I'm not going to embrace this cross, but we, we must have an attitude of great generosity. This, this one's really difficult. It's very, very difficult. Make the resolution, he says, to suffer any kind of cross without excluding or choosing any any poverty, injustice, loss, illness, humiliation, contradiction, slander, spiritual dryness, desolation, interior and exterior trials, saying always, my heart is ready, O God, my heart is ready. Quote from the Psalms. Then seven, seven, just, you know, I'm just giving half of the 14 rules, is to never complain about your cross. Um, whatever it is that, that may be afflicting you, simply to take it in silence, to, to bear it silently. Again, uh, much harder than perhaps it seems. It's really difficult to carry out in practice. So, my dear faithful, this this life is a time for us to love and to imitate our Lord. He has gone before us, um, embracing an enormous amount of suffering in his own life and and manifesting a great love of that suffering because it's what saves our souls. There are many crosses that we pass up each day, many crosses that, that would lead us not only to a greater holiness, but even to a greater happiness and joy in this life. If you want to know why the saints, the authentic saints, are always so joyful Because they found a way to to love the cross. If you can can love the cross, if you can love your life, even when it's most difficult, then you will always be happy in your life. And you will certainly be happy um, for all eternity. So let us have this holy ambition to carry the cross each day of our life, and especially during this time of Lent. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.